official middle of December? Well, December's a 31 month and this is the 16th, so sure. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This has been, my understanding is, this has been kind of a weird December for this region. Indeedly. Very <laughs> indeedly. Like, the other, like, we've been getting rain this week, and my understanding is normally that rain would be snow, but it's been in, like, the high 40s, mid 50s. It hit 71, which was a record high. Really? It did not yes. up here. <laughs> okay, well, it, it, well, I'm sure you hit a record high as well. Possibly. Yeah. It is normal for the region to get its first non-stick snow before the official start of winter. Mine was in October. Well, <laughs> yes, but then it stays cold. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really. <laughs> yeah. It got cold uh, sometimes, but overall... Yeah. Um, now, the person who thinks they are savvy may uh, point out that there is an El Nino this uh, year, which is a large mass of warm ocean water, and therefore it makes things warmer, especially uh, the weather that reaches us because of the uh, Gulf Stream. Um, but... Uh, El Ninos are happening more frequently than they ought to be. Right. Back in my um, day, wasn't that an every once a decade kind of deal? Yeah. Um, and compounding that, um, <clears throat> we don't even know if El Ninos are natural. Hmm. So, as far as we know, this is because of our massive greenhouse gas output? Yep. Interesting. I did not know that. Probably because the media didn't tell you about it. Of course they didn't. Yeah, so um, I have a lot to say about climate change. <laughs> and I have a lot to say about the media. Um, but their intersection is something that is also extremely infuriating as well. Yeah, it's pretty dismaying. And every time somebody on Fox News says something like, well, it's cold where I'm from. An angel loses its wings. <laughs> yeah, you seem to hear about it when there's a cool day in summer. But yeah. I mean, unreasonable warmth in winter just doesn't get mentioned at all by anyone. I mean, I'm not exactly complaining. And if you can ignore our inevitable doom, it's pretty nice. Well, yeah, and see, that's another problem with it. Uh, the... Uh, the people in the Northeast, where there's a nice concentration of naturally occurring liberalism, <laughs> um, all they get is nice, balmy winters. Right. Um, and they don't get to be fully exposed to um, the uh, record-breaking smog in China, um, the fact that California hasn't had rain since I'm not sure when. Since I moved away, something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, instead we just get, yeah, you know, that was a nice warm winter. And last year, Buffalo and Boston had crazy snow. So that, that all bounces out, right? Everything's cool. Everything's cool. Yeah. It's really not uh, cool. It's not cool, guys. Uncool. No. It's totally uncool. <laughs> Indeed. Um, there's a lot of problems with climate change, um, and I'm not going to, uh, 
list the potential catastrophe, uh, catastrophes or talk about things like climate refugees. Um, mm-hmm. For all of that, you can still go watch An Inconvenient Truth at, because even at a decade old, we haven't done shit. So mm-hmm. all of it is still perfectly relevant. It does not need it to be updated except for the fact that you can add, and now it's worse, to right. each of the things Al Gore says. Yeah... It's pretty great. Like, we've tried nothing and we're all out of ideas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it has been a while. And that's what's infuriating about us doing nothing about it. Because, like, uh, so I think I first encountered the term global warming when in the early 90s. Yeah. Um, when I was in, like, first grade or something via a weekly <laughs> reader. Um, and... You know, so we've known about it for a long time. In whatever year An Inconvenient Truth uh, was available for you to watch, um, it should have been time for people to actually start doing stuff. I think it actually won some real film awards, not just like, you know, indie awards. Right. Um, And in the course of 10 years, we could have done things like made incandescent light bulbs literally illegal or gotten emission standards to be even half reasonable Mm -hmm. or outlawed construction using cardboard and potentially carcinogenic insulation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we did none of those things. Right, all those things that would take a minimum of 10 years to start phasing in, we didn't even start. Well, nobody's going to get rich from increasing emission standards or from not building houses out of cardboard. And if you can't get rich doing it, we ain't going to do it in this country. Yeah. And if there's no profit to be made in it, then the media isn't going to touch it because I'm sorry to inform the universe of this. (laughs) But since its inception, what we call distributed media, starting with printed paper, um, has always had voice and it has always had sponsorship and to some extent it has always been made to be sold whether it's selling eyeballs or selling the printed book or newspaper or somewhere in between like the case of magazines right the first book was literally the bible well and this may not be a popular opinion but the Bible is a carefully selected compilation done by the Council of Nicaea centuries before to uh, skew opinions on the definition of things like virtue. Right. And right and wrong. And if women are people and (laughs) stuff like that. Oh, bless your heart. Of course they're not. Yeah. Almost, but not quite. We should come back to... uh, the uh, topic of banned from the Bible. There's some good <laughs> stuff that's not in there. Mm. <laughs> um, and, you know, that goes on for as long as there's printed word. Um, ye old newspapers, like, we're always trying to outscoop each other to sell more copies. Um, and now what we have is uh, clickbait. Right. Where uh, people don't pay for their news directly anymore so um all they pay with is their eyeballs 
And the worst part about paying with your <laughs> eyeballs is we have social media which propagates things that you disagree with. So if I say, you know, oh my God, the Washington Post just used this ridiculously incorrect hyperbolic headline about the oldest tyrannosaur found in China that's just utterly and factually wrong. Um, if I at replied that to the newspaper or like a link to it, people are going to click through and they're going to get their penny. Hmm. Um, if I, you know, subtweeted like an asshole, they could still <laughs> get their way back to it. Um, and if I just said something, you know, like the journal or WAPO or whatever, then people go to their homepage Find the art. This is assuming I'm popular, right? Um, which people we're go not, to the but... homepage, look for the article, and they get two pennies, right? So they're rolling in pennies over there. Yeah, unfortunately, not the writers, but mm, someone right, is. Though. Yeah, the person who controls the message overall, because it's not the writers. It's it's the, the rich command. guy. It's the rich yeah, guy. The, who... the person that's already rich. Yeah, because that's how this works. And yeah, so like editors are actually disincentivized from writing accurate. Oh, uh, headlines that that <laughs> that actually characterize the piece that they're attached to. There's no room for nuance. Everything has to be like the most extreme possible. Like, how many headlines have there been that basically imply cold fusion? There have been a lot, and cold fusion is still not a thing, and probably won't be a thing. Uh, cold fusion can't be a thing, <laughs> right? That's why it probably won't be a thing. Like, unless there's something yeah. we don't understand about the universe, like way, which seems unlikely. I mean, if you'd like to find some cold stars, I mean... <laughs> yeah, as far as we know, there really aren't very many of those. As in, I mean, they're, they're comparatively cold, but I mean, not what we think Ah, well, yes, right, that's true. Uh, which is another thing. So, um, I looked up some, uh, like, uh, sample curriculums, or, or not sample, but, you know, suggested curriculums for a couple of... Uh, journalism bachelors hmm. um and the major itself is like 30 credits compared to like engineering like a hundred of them are engineering credits and then like 30 of them are elective and some of those are like in the math department and required so like that sort of counts as not really an elective because I don't think well you get to take any four calcs you want out of the four <laughs> calcs available <laughs> right you know like that's not really an elective because you need to take those as prereqs to take the uh, four levels of physics minimum you need to take hmm. um, and it's this lack of journalism being a multidisciplinary degree unless you construct it that way yourself um, you know and, and I'm not saying you know Journalists need to know how quantum physics works, um, but they need to know how carbon dating does and doesn't work if they want to report on archaeology. Um, you know, just basically, just high school level knowledge of it that carbon dating does work, for example. Yeah, and it would be super if, like, no journalist ever wrote something laughably ridiculous about technology ever again. Like, if it seemed like the person writing the article had used a computer at some point within the last five years. <laughs> like uh, Walter Isaacson and the Jobs bio, for example. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> um, basic statistics. Um, 
Right. Maybe maybe some probability and combinatorics to go with the statistics. So you know when 1% is big and when 1% is small. Right. Like 1% of the human population is a couple hundred million. That's, yeah. That's, that's a, a big number. That's a lot of people. <laughs> um, and people should also know like a 50% increase in something doesn't mean necessarily what they think it means. Like a 50% increase in a 2% chance is pretty different than... It takes you from 2 to 3%. Right. Right. Um, and if you're talking about numbers that are we're already way, way less than 1%, then even ridiculous numbers like a 900% increase. Right. But because we're talking about 0.001%, you know, that still doesn't get you to a big number. Right. Statistically significant. So two rules. <laughs> <laughs> Correlation does not equal causation. Everybody should know that. I'm sure that everybody listening knows that. Also, statistically significant, not the same thing as actually significant. Can be, not always. Yeah. And there's caveats with both of those oh, that naturally. they can be. Um, and the uh, most important one, of course, is the uh, the graph between CO2 levels in the atmosphere and temperature of the atmosphere are literally the same graph. That's one of those ones that is significant. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no ambiguity between them. <laughs> they oscillate annually together, mm. and their peaks and troughs fit together. <laughs> you don't even have to apply all kinds of functions to your waveforms to make them match. No, you, you just need to, like, just stretch the graph paper so that they're the same size. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> You can do all kinds of bad things with graphs, but in this case, you don't even need to. Yeah. Uh, so there's the uh, hockey stick graph controversy attached to global warming, which is the graph that shows how um, emissions and projected temperatures go up a unimaginable fuck ton in the <laughs> last century. Yeah. Um, and the controversy is, you know, oh, well, when you start from the beginning of time, you know, it makes this hockey stick shape. And of course, that's very dramatic. When you look at it in any other scale, it's also ridiculous and dramatic. The beginning of... Are you getting... <laughs> shut up. <laughs> I have nothing to say to those people. There have only been humans for, what, 30,000 years or something like that? I always forget the number. But some number of thousands. And... We've done a lot just in the past couple hundred years to really fuck ourselves over good. Yeah, uh, and uh, going... <laughs> one of those correlations that is uh, legit is uh, the human population graph. Mm. So prior to... Um, well, prior to anything, the human population was under a billion. And then... Very quickly, when we figured out that you could dump chemicals on fields and keep pests away. Right. Um, and Don't shit where you eat was an important and, one. And part of that was using trains to transport food from where it grows to where it will be found delicious for an economic <laughs> price. Um, population quickly went to two billion. Um we're at 7 billion and change, and we're projected to hit 10 billion soon. The leveling off graphs, unfortunately, have not been accurate. It looks hmm. like we're just going up and up and up. Um, 
And that kind of sucks because if uh, peak oil happens to be something that's true, spoiler, it is, um, <laughs> the planet can only support about that half billion to two billion people mark in terms of how much food we can actually grow without using petrochemicals to um, enhance it in terms of uh, being pest resistant um injecting energy to grow it in climates where it ought not to right. um and transporting it you know all the fuck everywhere <laughs> indeed so um we're just sort of making that worse by just simply continuing to breed um and not that people should stop having babies either cuz you can't do that then you end up with huge genetic diversity problems mm. uh, just, just people need to just have one baby you just need to slow it down <laughs> Um, But it's already too late for that, too. Um, We are already past the uh, tipping point for um, overpopulation of the planet. Um, uh, Peak oil. The sea ice thing, too, aren't we? And most importantly, the sea ice. Yeah. So at this point, it is a guarantee that um, Arctic sea ice will stop being a thing. That's bad. There will be some sea level rise associated with that. That's bad. Um, and the uh, Antarctic Peninsula and Greenland are still looking kind of drippy. <laughs> also um, bad. And if either or half of each of those goes, then we have like legitimate catastrophic sea rise. <laughs> and in like a hundred years, not like a long time off, surely when, you know, anyone who's old and rich has to deal with it or i mean if they were still alive they could just you know simply switch to their other house right (laughs) um these are kind of big problems and they're the kind of stuff you should be hearing about every day because since we're past the tipping point we need to do like more drastic changes now it's no longer enough for everyone to put solar panels on their house and drive an electric car we're already past where that was the solution um, and you don't hear it because, um, well, there's no profit to be made in that. The solar panel companies are not the oil companies. The oil companies want their money. Um, and where was I going with that? I have no idea. <laughs> we're doomed. <laughs> yeah. No, we're we're pretty screwed. Yeah. And it's, no, I was going to say it's the, uh, the uh, frog boiling and water thing. Yeah. Mm. Um, a hurricane slams into the northeast. The entire state of New Jersey is missing power, as well as most of uh, Long Island. Um, and the entire nation, you know, offers an outpouring of support. Um, and then 14 days later, people have power back and we forget about it. But when there's this looming catastrophe that we know is going to occur, but uh, the timeline is about 100 years no one's really interested in taking action. No one wants to hear about it on a daily basis. You know, they get fatigued with Ugh, there's all this doom and gloom. <laughs> it's a perfectly nice day out today. But it's actually doom. For once, it's <laughs> real. It's our real doom. We are engineering yeah. it right now. Every time I get in my car and I drive to work, I am personally engineering our doom. I have a conventional gasoline vehicle. It's it's efficient as gasoline vehicles go, but it's still a gasoline vehicle. I am burning dead dinosaurs and mostly plants to uh, just get my ass to work. From the Carboniferous era, they're way after dinosaurs. Shh, 
we like to think we're putting dinosaurs in our cars. I know. (laughs) You know, I've met people that are convinced we're, quote, making more oil. Uh, that like fossilization like has like <laughs> <laughs> like occurs over a hundred years or something. Yeah, no, no, actually, no. Oh, it's what's it's the bad. one that's what's bigger than millennia? What are the next like? I I didn't know there were names for those. I thought it was just epoch, and that was ambiguous. we just we get to millennia, and then it's like a really long time, dude. Yeah. An inconceivably long time. Oh, I mean, why do humans need to have words for that? I mean, the <laughs> Indeed. Uh, the uh, various homos have only been around for about a million years. So, you know, when we've had written language for 10,000 at best. Something like that. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. Doom. Doom. Happy holidays, everyone. <laughs>